like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. Dear friend, every word that God speaks is alive and full of power to inform and transform, to make us what He desires us to be. The entrance of His word will give you light. Truth produces roots, and then the roots will produce fruits. God bless you. This message was preached by Dr. Ferdinand Mweke, coordinator of Eternity Ministries. We believe you will be edified. For the inquiries, contact Eternity Ministries, P.O. Box 2637, Bauchi, Nigeria, or telephone 0807 570 or 0802 361 5940, or send us an email at e -E at yahoo.com. That is eternitymean at yahoo.com. Don't forget, the bigger God gets in your eyes. Tiny your mountains become. Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for living truth uh, this month. We are gathered in your presence and you are speaking to us about the shakings Lord that are determined upon the world where we live. And Lord, we are asking that you will open the eyes of our understanding. Give us ears to hear. Amen. And more than that, Father, help us to be ready and to be strong, immovable, that Lord, while the world around us is shaking, will we stand firm upon the rock of ages Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, bring instruction and clarity to our minds and to our hearts as your word comes to us at this time. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, as you would have seen advertised in uh, the messages that we sent out for Living Truth, we are focusing this month on, I will shake the heavens and the earth. God is shaking the nations. And uh, this is a very deliberate statement. It's not accidental. We are going to read some scriptures, but let me share with you something that happened. Some years ago, the Lord said something. We were praying and seeking him. And the Lord said, he said, shakings are determined upon the world where you live. Shakings. Shakings are determined upon the world where you live. Now, 
The question is not whether God is going to shake the heavens and the earth or not. The question is, will you be shaken or will you stand unshakable in the midst of the shakings that are already determined? The matter is set. You can't pray it out. There are things in the purposes of God that prayer cannot change. But prayer can advise you on how to organize yourself so that you can prosper in that situation. I said prayer will not change it, but prayer will advise you how to organize yourself so that you can prosper. Those things are set by the sovereign will of God. And when we understand those things, then we can cooperate with heaven. Let's begin by reading some scriptures. Let's go to um, uh, go with me to chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12. Chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews and I'd like to read from verse 25. Hebrews 12 and from verse 25. It says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. See to it that you don't refuse the person that is speaking. Excuse me. Verse 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth? They did not escape. The Bible now says, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who does what? Who speaks from heaven? Whose voice then shook the earth? But now he has promised so this is a promise. Now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. Now this yet now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken or that can be shaken as of things that are made. So that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Look, it says, now, this yet once more, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, or those things that are shakable. So that what will happen? And there are things that are made, so that the things which cannot be shaken will remain. Now, verse 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and with godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we are reading Hebrews chapter 12 and we have just read verses 25 to 29. But let's go to the Old Testament, the book of Haggai, and we see where this matter about shakings is taken from. Shakings are determined upon the world where you live. That is the reality. 
Go with me to Haggai chapter 2. The book of Haggai chapter 2. Haggai is just before Zechariah. Zechariah is before Malachi. So if you go backwards from the New Testament, I'm sure you will find it. Haggai chapter 2 and from verse In fact, if you read it from verse 1, that will give you a better context. And it says, In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, or by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and say to the remnant of the people, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you, who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? In other words, if you compare this temple with the other one, if you saw it in its glory, doesn't it look as if it is blotting now in your eyes? But look what the Bible says there. It says, Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all of you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. You know, let me quickly point out something here. This scripture is saying, How many of you saw the other temple in its glory? And now, when you remembered how that other temple looked, and you now compare that temple with this present temple, you say, is it not as nothing in your eyes? Doesn't the thing look ludicrous, laughable? It looks like child's play. It looks like a joke. Doesn't it look like that in your eyes? The thing that now impacted me is that God said, yet now be strong. Even though the thing doesn't look like much, I want you to pay attention. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what the Lord told me today. He said, even though the thing doesn't look like much in your eyes, God said, yet now, despite the fact that it doesn't look like the thing used to look or look as glorious as the other one looked, he said, yet now, yet now, despite that, be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, high priest. And be strong, all of you people of the land, says the Lord. And work. Work at what? Work at something that doesn't look as glorious as something that used to be. You see, when God wants to do something, many times he does not resemble what he wants to do. When the rain was going to fall, you remember... God spoke through Elijah to Ahab and he said, I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. But how did Elijah know that his prayer had been answered? He saw a cloud. The servant, you remember, for seven times, six times, the servant went and came back and said, there is nothing. But the seventh time, that servant went there and he came back and he said, now there is something. I can see a cloud that looks like a man's hand about the size of a man's hand a cloud that you can hold in your hand that's one way to look at it 
I can see a cloud that looks like something you can hold in your hand. There's space here. Come. See, the cloud looks like just something you can hold in your hand. That's what the cloud looks like. And then I can see it rising from the sea. Rising. It's rising. That cloud is rising. And when Elijah heard that, listen now, when Elijah heard that, Elijah knew that that was the sign of answered prayer. So what did Elijah say? He said, go and say to Ahab, run, 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 and go and say to Ahab, hurry up and go ahead before the rain stops you. But notice that what Elijah saw did not look like what he was praying for. This scripture hits me today. He said in verse 3, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? Do you know the temple that is being discussed there? That is the temple that the Babylonians destroyed. That was the temple of Solomon. That was the temple that Solomon built. That temple stayed there for hundreds of years from when Solomon built it. And when the people refused to listen to God, despite all the warnings and the prophets and the prophecies that God was sending, God said, I'm going to send you into captivity. The Babylonians are going to come. They are going to devastate your country. And you see this gold in this temple, they are going to carry it. And they will break down every part of this temple. Because you did not honor me. Because you will not listen to me. The prophets kept prophesying like this. They would not listen. Until eventually the Assyrians attacked the northern kingdom. But it didn't. Judah where the temple was located in Jerusalem. Was spared from that Assyrian attack on the northern kingdom. And then Judah persisted in sinning against God. And God sent prophets upon prophets. But they would not listen to God. Until God said, okay, your cup is full. You are going to Babylon. And you are going to stay there for 70 years. I know the plans I have for you. You know, when people quote that scripture in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. The plan included 70 years in Babylon. If you read it in context, God said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. To, to give you a future and a hope. To bring you to an expected end. And when 70 years are fulfilled in Babylon, that's the next verse, I will come to you and I will bring you back to your land. The plan included 70 years. Many times when we preach that scripture to people, we don't remind them that the plan may include 70 years, depending on how you behave in your work with God. 70 years in Babylon, who will say amen to that kind of prayer? <laughs> no wonder they threw Jeremiah into a dungeon. And they persecuted him. So they kept on trusting. And you know one of the things they kept on saying to Jeremiah is, after all, the temple is here. The temple is here. How can the Babylonians come and destroy us when the temple is here? We are the Ark of the Covenant is here. And Jeremiah told them, he says, this temple, temple you are quoting will not be sufficient the day of judgment. Change the way you are living. They say we are Abraham's children. They we are looking for superficial excuses that didn't Require them to change their lifestyle. They just wanted to use religion as a cover up until the Babylonians came. And you see, because of the quantity of gold that Solomon had in that temple, the Babylonians broke it down block by block to get out all the gold. It was incomprehensive ruins 
it was scattered. The pieces need to remove every, every ounce of gold in the entire building. The walls that were overlaid with gold, and all, in fact, Nebuchadnezzar carried away all the utensils, and the temple was scattered, destroyed. Now, here God says, Who is it among you that saw this temple in its former glory? So, whoever it is will not be less than 70 years old. Remember, they have been carried to Babylon for 70 years, and now all these people, Joshua, the, uh, um, Joshua, the son of um, uh, Joazadak, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, they are returnees. I don't know if you are following the story. You see, these people have spent 70 years in Babylon. Haggai and Zechariah we are the prophets that we are prophesying to the people that came back from Babylonian captivity when they were rebuilding the temple and when they were rebuilding the wall. So all of these people were contemporaries with Nehemiah and Ezra. They were all together. When you go to Ezra chapter 3, you will see where the foundation of the temple was actually laid. You know, because of the way the books are scattered in the Bible, if you, if you don't think properly, you won't know that they are related. Are you following what I'm explaining to you now? I'm going into all of this to bring to your attention the temple that was being described. It was the temple of Solomon. The temple was glittering with gold. It was dazzling. And the glory of God filled that temple. When that temple was being dedicated, the Bible says the priests could not stand to minister. The glory of God so filled the place that if you were a priest and you are trying to stand up, you fell down under the Shekinah glory of God. The cloud of God's presence filled the temple. Now that temple was in ruins and in tatters. And it looked like there will never be a recovery. Now these remnants have just returned from Babylon and they are about to start rebuilding the temple. And they laid the foundation. But then the thing didn't look like the glorious one that they saw. So God is now asking, he said, who is it among you? Who is it among you that saw the former temple in its glory? Haggai chapter 2. He said, who is left among you? Who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? If you saw the temple that Solomon built in its former glory, and then now you are looking at the ruins you now see Zerubbabel and Joshua in deep poverty having arrived from Babylon after 70 years and now they are trying to build the same temple that Solomon and David accumulated gold in billions of dollars worth of gold to build now these returnees from Babylon are going to rebuild the same temple the temple looked laughable ludicrous that's the big word that's it they were building. In fact, go with me to Ezra chapter 3 so that you can see what happened. Ezra was a contemporary of Zodi, Zerubbabel, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, Zechariah. They were all contemporaries with Nehemiah. These were the people that came back from Babylon. Ezra chapter 3. This, this what I'm sharing with you now is, is critical. It's important that you receive this word from the Lord. Because it's a revelation of how God brings his purposes to pass. Chapter 3 is where they laid the foundation. Look at verse 
Look at verse 8. We don't have time to study that chapter, but, but I want you to see verse chapter 8, uh, verse 3, verse 8 of chapter 3. Now in the second month of the second year of their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, do you remember the name? That's what we just read in Haggai now. Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, son of Jehozadak. That's Those are the two people we read about. In uh, We just read about them in the book of Haggai. Uh-huh. Along with the rest of the brethren, the priests, and the Levites, and all those who had come out of the captivity to Jerusalem, they began work and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. Then Joshua with his sons and brothers, Cadmiel with his sons and the sons of Judah, arose as one to oversee these, those working on the house of God, sons of Henadad. Now look at verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Have you seen up to that point now? Now look at verse 12. But many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple. What was this first temple? That's the temple of Solomon. Who had seen the first temple wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple so, excuse me, how many temples are being discussed now? There are two temples. What's the first one? The first temple, the temple that Solomon built, and then this temple. When the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes, they wept with a loud voice. Yet many shouted aloud for joy. Do you see what is going on here? So you have the old people that saw the first temple in its glory. What were they doing? They were weeping. They were saying, ah, is this what temple looks like? Is this temple? Is this what they call temple? Oh, God of heaven, temple. This is the temple. Meanwhile, a young generation who didn't see that old temple, we are shouting for joy. Hey, temple. Hey, praise God. Hey, hey, hey. temple, 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 temple. Temple. So the shout was going on. In fact, verse 13 said, so that people could not descend the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the sound was heard from afar. It was a mixture of weeping and, and rejoicing. And I want you to listen. That is the present response to the new temple, the new move of God in our generation. Those who have seen the move of God, the things that God has done in the past. Look, when you read the history of the massive moves of God, the kind of things, there's a book, I, somebody, you know, I, I, I saw that book in Kenya, and then when I traveled, I bought copies of the book. And I began to read this book. I, my mouth was pulled like this, open. Miracles that happened in Azusa Street, where Pentecostalism was born. Look, teenagers, 13, 14, 15 year olds, we are going around casting out devils, raising the dead, healing the sick, incurable sickness, teenagers. 
They were the ones. In fact, the two people that started Assemblies of God Church, um, uh, Ralph, Ralph Riggs, and then C.W. C. Ward, his son, C.M. Ward, eventually became General Overseer, General Superintendent of Assemblies of God worldwide. They were there. They were teenagers. They were, they were healing the sick. So the cloud of glory was literally present in Azusa Street for three and a half years. The Shekinah cloud. Sometimes it will fill the whole place. Children, these teenagers were playing hide and seek inside Shekinah cloud. Imagine the glory of God filled the whole place and they, they will go and hide somewhere or inside the cloud and you can then they will come out and jump around and do miracles. Children, they were doing, these teenagers were doing mass miracles. One said they gathered some blind people came from uh, one school like that and he said, all of you, all of you, Open your eyes now. See your sight. And all their eyes opened. They began to see. The death. Mass miracles. One of the ones that shocked me. A man without an arm. Without an arm. Came to the program. And Seymour. William Seymour. William J. Seymour. William Seymour will carry a box. I don't know why he was doing that. But I think it was God that made him do it. He will carry a shoe box on, over his head. When he removed that box, terrible miracles begin, began to happen. William J. Seymour commanded the arm to grow out. Everybody was watching. Brand new arm began to come out of the man's hand. When the hand was complete, the arm, arm stopped. People were raised from the dead. They, look, there was literal fire above the building where this modern Pentecostal movement was born. You see, those that even saw the revival in Nigeria in the 70s and 80s, when they see what is going on in Nigeria now, it is it's like, it's like you, are, you are asking, is this church? Meanwhile, the younger people are shouting, Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. And you are saying, what are they calling glory? Where, where did these people come from? What are they calling glory? They have not seen anything. So the voice of those that are celebrating the glory that once was and these ones that are celebrating something that looked empty, all of their voices were rising to heaven. God asked a question. Go back with me to, to that Hegai scripture. He said, who is it among you that saw this temple in its former glory? Who is it among you that saw this temple in its former glory? Doesn't it look like nothing now to you? If you look at what is going on, if you look at the former temple, and you look at the moves of God in Acts of the Apostles. When liars we enter inside the church, uh, and the, the presence of God was so strong that Ananias and Sapphira will do what they did. And this is not, do you know that Peter didn't set up a committee? Peter did not set up a committee to investigate whether Ananias and Sapphira are telling the truth. That's what we will do in church today. We will appoint somebody as head of the committee. Then they say, yes, Ananias, tell us the truth. Is this the amount you sold something? No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit was the committee that day in church. Two liars, husband and wife, died in church. But now, you have people that tell lies from the pulpit. Preachers that organize testimonies. A friend of mine, he is now a judge of the court of appeal in Nigeria. I'm a sitting judge of the Court of Appeal. And back in those years, he was legal advisor to NDLA, Drug Law Enforcement Agency. And he told me a story that, that I, I said, and 
the preacher he was talking about is still preaching. He said, one day he was in his office at NDNA in Lagos, and then one man came and met him. I said, uh, one northerner, because the man knew he was a northerner, he came and met him. He said, ah, sorry, oh, that our man is uh, being detained by you people here. He said, which your man? He said, our pastor. He said, but you're a Muslim now. He said, ah, don't worry about that. He's our pastor. He prays for us. He gives us handkerchief that we used to travel. He does something for us that we used to travel. But, but they arrested him and they put him here. Drug law enforcement agent. So this friend of mine, is our partner in Tiny Ministries, was asking, sir, what is the trouble with the uh, pastor and NDLA? So he decided to investigate the case. So he called the pastor. He brought him out to interview him from detention. What happened? And this pastor, the preacher, is telling him the story by himself, straight. He said, look, sir, I didn't do anything. I didn't carry any drug. He said, but the file says that you said you carried something, good drug across uh, the border at Kotonu. He said, no, I didn't carry anything. No. What happened? He said that in their church, that before church service starts, all the elders and the prominent people, they will meet and they will assign testimonies. They will cook up testimonies and assign to people. They say, you, during the church service, to encourage faith, people's faith, so that they can believe God for miracle. That this is the story you are to tell of what God did for you. That you, this is your own story. That you, this is your own story. And that he himself, his own story for that particular day was that he carried something across the border and nobody found him. And that that was what he said. And that when he told this story in the church, some of the people there who don't like him, they went and reported him to NDLA. That NDLA should come and check what he carried. So when Bamei, Bamei, you know Bamei, General Bamei, General Bamei was NDLA chairman back in those days, he said they should go and bring him, let him come and stay here and say what he carried. It's a massive church in Lagos today. Led by the person that did this thing. My friend said he reviewed the story, checked the whole thing, and advised NDLA that these people are just deceiving their church members and their followers. <laughs> Should let him go. That's eventually how the man was released. And people are shouting inside church, glory, glory, miracle, miracle. If you saw the house in its former glory, what is going on in the church now will look like a joke. Yet now, be strong, Zerubbabel. Yet now, Joshua, you that you are now being called by God to lay the foundation of a new move of God that looks as if it is empty, that looks as if it looks like the cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, be strong and walk because I am with you. Something is going to happen that will cause the glory of this latter house to be greater than that of the former. I am telling you the prophetic purpose of God for his church at this time. And this thing is connected with the shakings that are coming upon the world. So God said, don't let the glory of what is past discourage you from doing what I have assigned you to do now. He said, yet now, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Joshua. And be strong, all of you people of the land. And work for I am with you, says the Lord. According to the word which I covenanted with you when I came, you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Look at verse 6. Because 
Thus says the Lord. So you see, the matter about shakings is coming because of something that is going to happen with God's temple. He said, because thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, and it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will do what? Will come. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Do you notice that the shaking is, is connected with the temple? I'm asking, do you notice that? The, the, the shaking needs to take place because it will contribute to the filling of the temple with his glory. The matter was so serious that that message was repeated to Haggai. Please go to verse 20 now. Verse 20. And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down. Everyone by the sword of his brother. And in that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Have you followed with our reading up till this point? See what is going on here. The first thing I want to establish and and then we make progress is that shakings are determined upon the world where you live now. God has made an irrevocable decision that he will shake the heavens and the earth. It's a decision that has been made already. It's a promise. You, see, you know, it says, the same person whose voice shook, shook the earth back in those days, he has now made another promise. So this promise of shakings is as solid as every other promise that God ever made in scripture. And it cannot be broken. He said, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will shake the heavens and the earth. Notice that the scope of these shakings is total. Nothing is going to escape it. The heavens will be shaken. The earth itself and everything and everybody that is inside it will experience these shakings. Systems will be shaken. Finances will be shaken. Financial empires will be shaken. I want you to listen. There is a shaking coming upon there is another financial shaking coming upon the world now. It doesn't look like that yet, but just watch. God said, I shake. Some of us are aware of what happened in 2007, 2008, when the global financial crisis, God began to shake the financial systems. And you will see, brothers and sisters, one of the purposes of this shaking is so that things that are shakable will collapse. Anything that can be shaken will be shaken away. 
it's a decision that God has made that anything that, <laughs> that will not endure, will not endure, will not survive. <laughs> Do you know, as you look at the world right now, you can see, if you look at Europe, you can see empires tottering. In the place where we read the Hegai, God said, I will shake the strength of kingdoms. Can somebody help us to read that? Can somebody help us to read that in Haggai? Haggai chapter 2, please read from 21 to 22. Read from a simple translation. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, yes. I will shake the heavens and the earth. Yes. And shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn royal thrones and I will shatter the power of foreign kingdoms. And overturn chariots. I will overturn chariots. And their drivers. And their drivers. Sorry. Horses and their riders. Horses and their riders will fall. Each by the sword of his brother. And each will fall by the sword of his brother. See, God is shaking the nations. He's shaking the strength of nations. My friend lives in the UK and he's a British citizen. <laughs> We were talking about this Brexit thing. Now, you know, Britain was just running crazy. And then suddenly, then the Cameron comes along and he says, um, let's do a vote <laughs> on whether we want to stay in, in Europe or not. And you know, he was 100% sure that he was going to win to confirm himself and to confirm his agenda. That's how they did a vote and they contributed to get out of the European Union. Many of those that voted didn't know what they were voting for. I'm telling you the truth. By the time now that the Brexit thing is manifesting in full, eh, the country is tottering. The government of Theresa May is, is shaking like that. Resignations, several resignations. Foreign minister is, has resigned. Several other people have resigned from the cabinet. The government is shaking. She is hanging on to power by a thread. British people are wondering what is happening, what is coming. Because now many financial, look at organizations, financial transaction organizations that are based in London. Much of the thing we have to move now. Because you can't leave Europe and still control the businesses and the finances of Europe. They are looking at some other treaties. Go across on the other side of the Atlantic, you see the things going on in the US. Do you know that they are, many of the Americans can't believe what is happening in their own country? They are wondering, where did we get this kind of president from? <laughs> These are the things that happen when God shakes the nations. Systems begin to totter. Places that look secure, people that look sure of themselves, they begin to shake, they begin to quake. Just imagine God holding something. And this is the reason why many times when God appears, the place begins to shake. Do you know why? So that anything that can be shaken starts collapsing. You see why mountains shake in his presence? Everything shakes. The reason is so that the, the, the power that is coming is already checking what you are made of. Are you part of me or you are not? Are you as eternal as myself or you are temporary? Are you going to endure or are you going to collapse? Shakings are determined upon the world where you live. 
Look, many of the things going on, look around the planet Earth, look around nations, look in Latin America, look in Venezuela, look in, in plenty of these countries. I think Guatemala is one of the most recent ones with the crisis brewing. Look at Africa. Earth is being shaken to the core. The scope of this shaking is total. I said the scope is total. Nations, earth, the heavens, systems, foundations, everything is being shaken. Individuals. Individuals. Things that look secure. Denominations, churches. Everything, nothing will escape these shakings. What is the purpose of this shaking? Look at it. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want us to read it from a simple translation. And we are going to see the purpose of this shaking. <laughs> Churches will be shaken. Denominations. I want you to listen to prophecy. Denominational shakings are coming. Many of the denominations, both Pentecostal and others, many of the big denominations that are currently going on, watch out for shakings that will check their foundations. And when, when God begins to shake, things that we are sure, they begin to totter. They begin to topple. Things begin to crumble. There is a rearrangement that takes place when divine shakings arrive. Things that look sure suddenly start cracking because they are human systems that we are never set up by God himself. Please read verse um, 26 and then also verse 27 um, from Hebrews chapter 12. Read a simple translation, please. Someone who wants to read. At that time, yes. his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. The word once more, in other words, this shaking, this other shaking that is coming now, indicates the removing of what can be shaken. Yes? Is created things. That is created things. Things so that, cannot be shaken, so that the only thing that will remain will be what cannot be shaken. See, this once more that you are hearing here indicates it's a guarantee of the fact that anything that can be shaken that is created things, things that are not eternal, Things that are not enduring, they, they are shakable. All the shakables will be shaken away. This is a word from God. And immediately we begin to see how do we stand strong in the midst of these shakings. It is to begin to migrate away from shakables. To begin to build your life on something on something other than the, the general foundations that people use in this generation. Let's have that read from another simple, even simpler translation. The, um, uh, living, what do you have? NLT. Let's have NLT here. Karen, read. And then please read the, uh, the message. And we would like Living Bible too, because, yes, read. When God spoke for God's name, his flesh should be Yeah. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed. 
all creation will be shaken and will be removed. Yes. So that only unshakable things will remain. So that only unshakable things will remain. Only unshakable things will remain. See, these shakings are on now. They are going to intensify. They are going to multiply. They will increase. What is the goal? The goal is that at the end, when God is done with these shakings, only unshakable things will remain. Please read, ma'am. His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. Yes. This time, he's told us this quite plainly. See, this time he has told us this quite plainly. He will also rock the heavens. He will also rock the heavens. One last shaking. One last shaking. From top to bottom. From top to bottom. Stem to stem. Eh? Stem to stem. Stem to stem. Stem to stern. You know, stem to stern. That is from front to back. Nothing escapes. Yes, ma'am. The phrase, one last shaking, means a thorough house cleaning. The phrase, one last shaking, means what? A thorough house cleaning. Getting rid of all the historical and religious junk. Getting rid of all the historical and religious junk. So that the unshakable essentials start clear and uncluttered. So that the unshakable essentials stand clear. The unshakable essentials will stand clear and they will be uncluttered. See, listen. Only unshakable essentials will remain when God is done. All the superfluity of nothingness that is going on inside church, a shaking has been determined upon them. The doctrines and the systems of men that are already in place, shakings are determined upon them. Every political system, I want to say something to you. Don't allow politicians to dictate your views. Don't allow politicians, don't allow politicians, don't let the voice of politicians be louder than the voice of your Bible. The Bible says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever. Ah, the Bible says the, the, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. <laughs> the Bible says you are going to find out that the most high God rules over the affairs and over the affairs of men. God is running his own agenda. He is not threatened. The scripture says as the people, they hidden, they plot against God, he that sitteth in the heavens, he will be confused. Is that what your Bible says? No. He will laugh. He will laugh. He will, he will have them in derision. Strong derision. And then he will thunder upon them in his sore displeasure. And he will say, I have installed my king on my holy hill of Zion. He said, kiss the son. Or else, you are going to perish when he gets angry, just but a little. See, you see all these systems that you see in place now, they are temporary. They are, they are passing. The wind will carry them. You will look for them, you will see. Many of the people making noise across the nations now, they themselves don't realize that somebody is moving them like a puppet. Somebody is, they think they are implementing their own will. But there is a God that ruleth in the affairs of men. There is a God whose agenda will stand. He said, as I, as I live, says the Lord, to me, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. The shakings are guaranteed. 
The purpose is clear. Can we have the thing read from, from the Living Bible? Don't forget, it says only the essentials. What did you call them? What essentials? Only the unshakable essentials will remain. There will be a thorough house cleaning. In individual lives, in the church, in systems, in the world. You see, all these things, brothers and sisters, do you know, and I'm sure there are some of us in the financial industry here, do you know that the entire global financial system is a scam? Sir, you, 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 those of you who are in the industry, there are things you know about the industry. When you see people as they are bringing their money to put in the place, you will be laughing to yourself. <laughs> you just smile. You just smile. You just smile. The whole finance. Do you know they have what they call fiat money? Have you heard of fiat money before? Money that does not exist that banks give out as loans. What caused the crisis? These people creating money, they are creating money and giving out loan of money that does not exist. See, all the credit cards that people are spending in the US and spending abroad, the money doesn't exist. It is when you swipe the card that the money is created. See, it's good that most people don't understand the banking system. Even people understood there will be a riot. How long will such a system last? How will it survive when God holds the heavens and the earth and it starts shaking? <laughs> All the systems of man, whether it is in the church, everything that has been created by human beings and by other people to keep others in bondage, shakings are determined upon this generation. And only unshakable essentials will remain. Please read the Living Bible and let's draw to a close to prayer. Yes. Yes. When he spoke from my sin, his voice shook the earth. But next time he said, I will not only shake the earth, but the heavens too. Yes. By this means that he will sweep out everything without solid foundation. He said, By this, he means that he will sweep out everything without solid foundations. So that only unshakable things. Hey. So that only unshakable things will be left. Keep reading, please. Since we have a kingdom, nothing can destroy. Since we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken, a, an unshakable kingdom. Let us please God by serving Him. So let us please God by serving Him with thankful hearts, with thankful hearts and, and with holy fear. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Is this getting clearer to us, brothers and sisters? In the light of these shakings that are determined upon our generation, what do we do as God's people? Number one, ensure that you are on the solid foundation. Ensure that there is nothing you are trusting. See, every confidence will be shaken away. If you are trusting something that is not, is not this sure foundation, that foundation is going to fail. It will collapse. It will break. Ensure that you are rooted on the foundation of God's word. Number two, ensure that you are connected to this unshakable kingdom. You say, wherefore we, having received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I said a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah, somebody in this place. 
we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken you see you are part of an unshakable kingdom you are part of something that will never pass away it was in tokyo we went for this uh, global missions consultation you know several years ago and the last night of the program the speaker was the person that has taken over pastoring the church from dr david Yongicho, you know the largest church in the world the church in south korea um the yoido full gospel central church and seven hundred thousand members close to one million and they've given bets to other churches 200,000, 300,000 members i mean if they were to keep all their members there are many many millions sometimes they will take a hundred thousand members and put a pastor and start another church independent this brother was the one that spoke the presence of god was so strong that night in that place and while i was sitting in that place the spirit of god said something to me he said you are part of a kingdom that will overrun all other kingdoms he said you are part of a kingdom that owns the future a kingdom that will take over every other kingdom you are part of it you belong to it you see that's the connection you see because everything else is going to be shaken away there's going to be a thorough house cleansing and the thing has started it will intensify as the days progress we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken no wonder the lord jesus christ said seek ye first this kingdom that endures this unshakable kingdom let this kingdom be your number one quest let him be let the kingdom be your your investment every investment can you imagine that you have made your investment into shakeables and then the shaking the thing is shaking but you don't have any investments in the kingdom that cannot be shaken we have received an unshakable kingdom this kingdom is permanent this is what will endure when everything else has crumbled to ground zero and i, I, I want you to see the connection with the temple you see god says i will shake the heavens and the earth and i will fill this temple with glory why would that be so because when everything else is collapsing it will be the only thing that is standing the glory of this latter house will be greater than that of the former you hear the bible now say seven people are going to take hold of somebody that belongs to this that is connected to this covenant and they say take us to your god show us the ways of your god because their own foundations are crumbling these shakings will reveal the emptiness of the world do you hear what i'm talking about here now you see because when all their confidence starts collapsing there will be a place that is not collapsing and it will be this kingdom it is the only thing that is permanent in the world that is destined for shakings let's go back to that hebrews chapter 12 and close uh, and, and spend some time to pray. Hebrews chapter 12, please look at verse 27. He said, now, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that can be shaken as of things that are made so that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, therefore, for that reason, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, Look, look at the instruction there. He said, let us have grace. 
Let us gather grace. Let us find grace. Let us be people that are loaded, saturated with grace. Hallelujah. Let us have grace. Grace, 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 grace. One of the keys to surviving the shakings of this time is grace. Grace, grace, grace. What is grace? Grace is, I have two words that help me to understand grace. Grace is omnipotent benevolence, almighty kindness. Grace is the kindness of the Almighty. Grace is divine ability. It's God's power working on behalf of somebody. Grace is, you know, when God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In the midst of a shaking world, grace will be sufficient for you. Grace will keep your heart. It is good that the heart be established with grace, not with food that has not profited those who are eating it. Grace. Grace. Grace will be the secret of your accomplishment. Remember Zerubbabel, when he finished building that temple, Zechariah said, he's going to bring forth the capstone. And what will he be shouting? Grace, grace, grace. It was grace. It was grace. The key to this, to victory, in the midst of the shakings, is a life of grace. A life that is propelled by divine favor and divine assistance. Such a life will be inexplicable. People will not understand it. Because when things are crumbling around you, do you know that when the walls of Jericho crumbled, there was a house that was upheld by grace. It was the house of Rahab. And her house was on the wall. But the walls of Jericho fell down. But grace kept Rahab. She was a prostitute, but she got connected to grace. A prostitute that connects to grace now will find greater help than a reverend that is disconnected from grace. If you're a pope or you're a bishop and you don't find grace and you depend on your human wisdom and on your, on your systems as things are shaking because what you are holding is not rooted in this unshakable kingdom, it is going to come crashing down. Grace, grace. There is a material that we call school of grace. It's something you may want to study. How to, we have sources of grace. The grace that comes from the throne of grace, from the word of grace. The grace that comes from the spirit of grace, from fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. The grace that comes from people of grace, from relationships that foster grace. Grace. Let us have grace. Let us gather grace. Let us be full of grace. You see, in this end time, come and hear the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came from where? He came through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And out of his fullness, we have received grace upon grace upon grace. As you continue to receive, and that receive there is active. The Greek word is lambano, is to take. Lambano, to take, to collect. To download. You see, he is the reservoir of grace. And we have been given access. But those that continue to collect grace, to receive grace, to take grace, there will be an abundance of grace upon their lives. And when things are shaking and crumbling all around them, they will be strong. And when men are saying there is a casting down, they will be saying there is a lifting up. But they are living in the same place. What's the secret? The secret is that his grace 
Oh, I love Jeremiah 31. Would you like to read Jeremiah 31 verses 2 and 3? I love that scripture. He said, thus says the Lord, the people that we are left of the sword, the people that survived the sword, they found grace in the wilderness. Have you seen the scripture? Huh? Setor says the Lord, the people that we are left, the people that survived the sword, Jeremiah 31 and verse 3, the people that survived the sword, what happened please? They found grace. Where? Where did they find grace? The person that finds grace can survive any wilderness. I said the person that finds grace, have you seen the scripture? Jeremiah verse 2, Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword, they found grace in the wilderness. Even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. Verse 3, with an everlasting love, I have loved you. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Hallelujah. I have drawn you with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, I have loved you. Hallelujah. Whoa, the people that we are, how did they survive? Because they found grace. The person who finds grace can survive anything. Be a friend of the throne of grace. In the midst of a shaking world, you will live an unshakable life. In the midst of a troubled world, you will live an untroubled life. Be a friend of the word of grace. He said, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Nothing. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Push aside those social media things you are reading and gather grace. Feast on the word of grace. Because, you see, the devil is doing everything possible to keep you from the place of grace. Because he knows that grace is the secret for this moment. And, and kindergarten grace cannot handle postgraduate shakings. So gather much. And historical grace cannot handle current shakings. I say historical grace. You know the one you gathered last week. You know that manner you have to gather it on a daily basis. Yes. Because yesterday's manner we breed worms. That's the protocol. Historical grace cannot handle current challenges. The world around you is shaking. You need grace. Let us have grace. And with this grace, what is going to happen? We that are rooted on this unshakable kingdom, we will be able to serve God. Serve God. As things are shaking around you, serve God. Serve God. Serve God. Spend your life on what will endure. Serve God. Serve God. Don't serve your belly. Don't serve man. Serve God. Serve God. Connect yourself to divine purpose. Pour your life into the agenda that will overrun all other agendas. Serve God. And serve him acceptably. Don't serve him carelessly. Serve him. You see, because you can serve God in an, an, in an unacceptable manner. Serve him acceptably. Oh, brothers and sisters, serve God. Serve God. Serve divine agenda. The Bible says David served the purpose of God in his own generation. Serve God. Serve him with your strength. Serve him with your finances. Serve him in your house. Serve him in your local assembly. Serve him in the entire body of Christ. Don't let your local assembly blind your eyes to the global church. 
I said, don't let your local assembly blind your eyes to the global church. See beyond your church where you are. Serve in the church where you are located, but see beyond that church and see the kingdom of God. See the body of Christ. See the greater purposes of God. Serve him with your money. Serve him with your resources. And if you, if you feel that... God said something to me some time ago. He said there will be, there will be realignment of resources to divine priorities. He said divine resources will be realigned to divine priorities. <laughs> I want you to listen to prophecy. We see, there is part of what is sponsoring the foolishness of what is going on in the church is money. Do you know that anything that has more money as far as global dynamics, present dynamics are concerned, that thing will make progress. Uh, excuse me, if you, have, if you are using 1,000 naira to defend Nigeria and terrorists are using 1 million dollars, who do you think is going to prosper more? It is clear. That's part of why one of the three things the Americans have done to tame terrorism is to follow the money. Just track the money. By blocking out all the sources of funding, terrorism cannot prosper without money. Neither can the gospel prosper without money. But a lot of the money in the church is sponsoring frivolity. Many of the frivolous preachers have a lot of money to say their foolishness and to make it loud. God is going to realign divine resources to divine priorities. And I made up my mind that my money will not sponsor foolishness. If I notice that you are not focused on divine priorities, I won't give you a penny. I will not. Serve him. Let us serve God acceptably. Serve him with your... Serve him. Serve him. Become a friend of people that are serving God. Stay connected to kingdom agenda and kingdom purpose. Let us serve God acceptably. And please do it with reverence and with godly fear. The fear of God has disappeared from inside church. Those that don't have the foundation of the fear of God, when the shaking starts, everything around them and they themselves will collapse. The fear of God is the solid foundation for this time. Don't do something in secret that will dishonor God. Don't be deceived by the fact that if pastor is not there and the man of God is not there and your prophet is not there, then you are okay. No, God is in the place there. The Bible says the righteous, they have an unshakable foundation. It says riches profit not in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. When everything is shaking, people that are living a life, please, both publicly and privately, make sure you are not doing anything that offends God. I'm begging you. Don't bury anything contrary. See, if you bury iniquity, when the shaking starts, it will come out. Don't hide anything. Don't do something in the secret that you will not like to come out in the open because it will come out in the open. Jesus said there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. That's what Jesus said. Serve him acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Oh, trembling has disappeared from inside the church. People don't tremble anymore. But the Bible says we must work out our salvation how? With fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. 
Don't say there is nobody there. God is watching. He knows. Oh, the Bible says the Lord. He says, nevertheless, the foundation of God standed sure. And there is a seal on that foundation. He said, the Lord knows those who are really his. That's how the living Bible puts it. He said, the Lord knows those who are really his. And let everyone that nameth the name of the Lord, let the person do what? Depart. Depart from iniquity. Those who don't hear, who don't depart from iniquity, they will hear depart from me. Those who do not depart from iniquity, they are the people that Jesus will say depart from. It's a choice you have to make. It is either you depart from iniquity here and now, or you stand before him, you will hear depart from me. I don't know you. Because it's not a worker of iniquity. This God is righteous, he's holy. And the kingdom to which we are called is a kingdom that is righteous. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Serving with fear. There are lots of things that other people will tolerate. Don't tolerate it. They say everybody is doing it. Your name is not everybody. Even if your pastor doesn't preach these kind of messages, just remember if all that the man is saying is money, 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 remember that there are other parts of the Bible. I say remember that there are other components of your Bible. And if pastor doesn't preach it in the church, read it for yourself. And when you are tired of the church, leave. They didn't use super glue to gum you to the chair in the place there. Let us serve him acceptably with reverence and with godly fear. Why is that so? They say, because our God, our God, this our God, is a consuming fire. These are not popular matters now. No, 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 no. These are not popular issues. Nobody wants, how can you come to church and say, look, God is a consuming fire. You need to be careful. That is the truth of scripture. Our God is a consuming fire. I saw a scripture in the book of Daniel. The Bible, Daniel was describing the throne of God. And the Bible says, Daniel said, I saw a throne. The throne is fire. The throne itself is fire. He said, the wheels of the throne is fire, is burning fire. He said, the person who sat on the throne is fire. He said, a river of fire went out in front of him. And then the Bible says, millions of people stood in front of him waiting for judgment. Ah, can you imagine a, a throne that is fire? The only person that can sit on fire is fire himself. How can flesh sit on fire and be comfortable? Our God is a consuming fire. When he came down on Mount Sinai, the Bible is very clear. He says the whole mountain was on fire. Some people think that there's an Old Testament God of fire and judgment. And the New Testament God of grace and mercy. It's a big lie. It's the same person. It's the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who decided to give us grace inside Christ. Are we going to take him for granted because he gave us grace? He says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Can you imagine doing the two at the same time? He says you should rejoice. But as you are rejoicing, you should be trembling at the same time. How do you practically? 
<laughs> he said, yes, do it because the person you are dealing with, there is something in him to make you to rejoice and there is something in him to make you to tremble. That is the balance of the Christian life. You can't take him for granted. He's not your classmate. Our God is a consuming fire. See, those who don't have this foundation and who don't live like this, the shakings that are coming, we take them out. They are not standing. They are not standing. They can sit in church. They can preach on the pulpit. They can make noise in political rallies. I want you to listen. All of this is temporary. Shakings are determined upon this generation. And the only thing that will remain, the Bible says, he that does the will of God will abide forever. Everything else will be taken away. And it has started. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So we have seen this evening that shakings are determined upon the world where we live. And the scope of these shakings is total. Total. Political systems, nations, countries, individuals, families, denominations, businesses, everything will be shaking. Why is that so? God is checking what is the foundation under you. We want to know what you have under. Manifest. The shakings will manifest what is, what is buried, what is under. The shakings will reveal of what sort everything and everybody is. The shakings will rearrange things. Things that look important will collapse. Things that, things that look as if they will never pass away, they will, they will fizzle out. Because they never had substance inside. These shakings are already in progress. But praise God, for those of us who are in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Bible says we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. A kingdom which cannot be shaken. Everything else, there will be a thorough house cleaning. This shaking is beginning in the body of Christ. So you know the best thing? Instead of waiting for the shaking to come, let's apply the word that we do the shaking to our lives. That way we'll be ready. Then by the time the shaking arrives, it will find us standing on the rock, serving the Lord with honesty and integrity of heart, with reverence and with godly fear. And that fire that will consume other people will purify us and reveal the gold that he has deposited in our lives. Hallelujah. So no matter what he has called us to do right now, I hear heaven says, how many of you saw this temple in the former glory? Doesn't this one look like nothing in your eyes? Stay with it. Walk because I am with you. When I shake all things, the desire of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. Some people believe that that desire of all nations is the Lord Jesus himself. We will not get into that now, but just let's understand that a decision has been made that everything that can be shaken will be taken out so that only things that will endure will abide. Let's pray. Let's respond to God. Let's receive grace. I want you to pray and receive grace. I want you to pray and examine yourself. I want you to pray and check your spirit. Check your heart. Is there something that is buried 
that is not pleasing to God. This is our opportunity to bring it out. So that mercy and grace can abound to us. Let's pray. Let's pray. This is the time to build on the sure foundation. Now I want you to receive grace. Receive grace. Say, Father, I receive grace. Put grace in my spirit. I want you to pray. Pray for yourself. Say, ask for grace. Lord, multiply grace to me to serve you acceptably in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation that I might shine as a light. Holding forth the word of life. Let's receive, ask for strength in your inner man. The things that are coming will test. <laughs> the things that are coming.